Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Pick Is In. I'm your host, Carlos Peterson. So we got a lot of a lot of fun stuff today. Uh, first, I just want to talk about uh, kind of the new schedule, uh, what I plan to do with this show, uh, and just just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. Uh, so the good news is is that I took a bit of a hiatus or a break from doing this in order to graduate from college. Um, with that being said, uh, the, the plan schedule is to be for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, for episodes and then film breakdowns will, um, typically be on a Saturday. Um, and those are for the Patreon and all that jazz. Uh, so I can get that content out there for you guys, uh, on top of the discord, uh, later on. As we start to get into deeper discussions about players and uh, guys that we like. So that's there in, in store for us. But uh, as far as this show goes, um, we're going to be talking about rookie quarterbacks. Uh, when we expect them to start. And then uh, a little bit of a bone to pick that I have. Particularly with ESPN's analysts and how they're discussing, so to speak, on uh, when they think Justin Fields will start. Uh so that's later in the show, um, as I talk about when I believe these quarterbacks will start, what a start for them will look like, and what it will take for them to be successful. Uh, with that being said, uh, we'll get started. Uh, we'll start with Trevor Lawrence, and he's, I, I mean, this one's no shock. He's a day one starter. Uh, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they're going to be trotting out Gardner Minshew ahead of uh, Trevor Lawrence, but... Uh, week one, it's going to be against the Texans. Obviously, no brainer. Uh, he's a transcendent talent. He can make all the throws. He, uh, similar to Andrew Luck, he will transcend the system. Uh, which, given the history of Urban Meyer and the the multiple uh, styles of offense that he is capable of calling, uh, I think this is really good for Trevor. And I think that that creativity early will kind of get him settled into the NFL. I also think that um, even even early on in Urban Meyer's career, he's always been kind of known as the spread guy. Um, even when he came into the SEC, he was like, well, what are you going to do now that you bring the spread in the SEC? But he's always, at his heart, he's a ground-and-pound guy, and I think that'll, that'll really play to Trevor's advantage, uh, especially early in the schedule as he really gets acclimated. Um, get it. As much as I really didn't like the pick, I think Travis Etienne, even in the passing game, the home run threat that he is, uh, that'll be huge for him, uh, and then on top of the fact that they, I think DJ Chark is going to be really helpful for him on the perimeter. Um, obviously, outside of the Tim Tebow signing, I, I think Urban Meyer is capable of, of coaching pretty solid football. Um, but uh, all in all, I'm a I'm a big fan of, of what Jacksonville has. I think Trevor's uh, ability to be helped in the run game and uh, the way Urban Meyer is able to call a game, particularly in allows coordinators to, to coach, uh, I, I think he's going to be he's going to be kind of settled in uh, pretty quickly. So we're gonna gonna go to the other quarterbacks because uh, I think those are the more interesting storylines. Uh, but we have Zach Wilson once again, another day one day one starter. He'll be starting uh, week one against Carolina, which will be um, funny enough. It'll be the the Sam Darnold Bowl. Um, in that sense of the word. Uh, but I think Wilson in particular, I early on, especially with him in particular, I, I think 
what really uh, frustrates him about me with the Jets, and I don't think this is any fault of Wilson, is the fact that I already believe that they have a good roster, uh, a solid roster. They have guys like C.J. Mosley, Marcus May, Quinn Williams, and even a tackle. Uh, they had Malachi Becton. Uh, the the trader for Elijah Vera Tucker. So, I mean, I think Zach Wilson is prepared pretty early in his career to have some success. Uh, uh, I think the problem with the Jets in recent years has always been finding talents on the perimeter. I don't think they've had a bona fide star receiver probably since Brandon Marshall left. Um, they tried to, with some band-aids like Terrell Pryor, even like uh, Quincy Anunia, uh there a couple of years ago. So, um, Jets have really never had that guy on the outside. Uh, we'll see if it's Corey Davis. Um, still is yet to go over a thousand yards in his career. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he handles it early. I do like the running game. I like the fact that they got Michael Carter at running back. I think he was a really nice pickup on North Carolina. I really like Michael P. Ryan as well. They were they're doing the backfield by committee. So. It, it, he'll have the chance to showcase talent. Uh, the issue, I think, will be whether or not Robert Sala uh, is capable of protecting him early in his career, just allowing him to, you know, settle in, show his arm talent, you know, be be the creator, be the gunslinger that you know, some people saw at BYU. Uh, I think all in all, uh, I, I think it's it's really going to come down to talent on the perimeter. Um, so. Really, I think Corey Davis is a nice signing, and I think it's um, just get your running backs involved and let him go to work. I think he'll have a lot of help defensively as well, um, as I had mentioned. And then I think the interesting one to me is Trey Lance, uh, who I don't, I truly do not believe he will. He'll either not play this year, or I think that he's going to be slipped in somewhere around like week ten. Uh, for the San Francisco uh, 49ers. I, I, obviously, it's a great situation for him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's one of the better offensive minds in football. I, I don't believe he's the best. I believe that title belongs to Andy Reid, but um, not a big fan of uh, of the fact that uh, he'll, he might have to play because Jimmy G might be hurt. But, I mean... Worst comes to worst, Kyle Shannon can always coach around that, but I, I do not believe that he will play year one. I think that because of Kyle Shannon's ability to coach and because of the roster, I think that he'll have the opportunity to sit all year. But because of the injury history, I'm not, a, not very hap, happy about it or a big fan of it, but you know what? That's what it may come down to, but I think he has the talent. He has the legs. Um, so unless there's an injury, I, I don't believe that he'll play, but I, I love that. He's going to have the ability to sit within that Shanahan West Coast offense where there's a big, heavy power zone scheme. He's going to be able to use the mobility, show off his big arm. Uh, and I, I truly believe that's around when he'll, he'll start either sometime next year, probably in that Week 10 area, uh, which I believe, or at least in the Halloween area, um, which I believe they play the Bears in that in that time. So that'll be, that'll be big for Trey Lance. Um, to be able to showcase its talent and really just kind of develop. Um, so I'm going to skip Justin Fields here because I think there's some, there's a bit of a bone to pick I have with it, as I had mentioned early. But Mac Jones, um, it, it, to me, his situation's almost similar to what I had mentioned with um, Trey Lance. 
And the reason for that is because I, I do believe that the starter is unequivocally better uh, currently with Cam Newton. And I, it's a similar situation to where unless Cam's get, Cam gets hurt, I think there's no chance he wins the job in camp. With that being said, I do believe, and I feel as though Belichick is developing his quarterback, and I believe that he believes it's Mac Jones. I don't know how well it will pan out, but I think Cam is the Band-Aid, and I think he believed enough in Cam to bring him back um, on a fairly sizable deal, considering it was one year. But bringing in Mac Jones probably week seven run with the Jets. And, you know, I, I know I just talked about them, particularly with their roster uh, defensively with um, Zach Wilson and that he will have some help. But ultimately, we, we don't know what to expect. Now, I, I respect Robert Salah's defensive mind, and I think that they'll do um, a, an admirable job uh, in his first year. Uh, but I, I think they should have questioned the Jets or the, the fourth-place team in that, in that division. Um, so... I think that if there were ever a time to bring him on early, it would have to be kind of in that stretch where they played the Jets. Um, I think that's going to be huge for them as a team uh, moving forward. And uh, it's just, and I think the other problem that I see with them is the play calling. How's it going to look? I mean, it's no secret. There's two different quarterbacks. Cam is a is a bigger kind of hulking quarterback. He's a very capable in the power run game. So, and you have Mac Jones, who, uh, uh, ironic or coincidentally enough, is being compared to Tom Brady in terms of his build and his ability to anticipate his throws. So, I don't, I don't know how it will plan to work out. I could, I could totally envision a scenario where Mac Jones doesn't play down a football for the Patriots next year. But I don't, I don't think that they will have that luxury. And I think that in particular. Uh, I think that this could this could either be a really good year for the Patriots or it can be really bad. I don't really see any in, sort of in between. Um, but I kind of lean on the side of the Patriots are going to kind of look like the Patriots again because they're getting so many guys back. I think they they had a very solid offseason. We saw with Hunter Henry um, and and Johnny Smith at, at tight end. Uh, and they, they picked up a couple of receivers. And then, of course, in the draft, you get Mac Jones. You get a lot of guys that, were, that are coming back from opting out because of COVID. So you get like Dante Howard, Hightower back um, as well. And I also think um, getting guys like Kyle Van Noy, um, who <laughs> was cut a year after his initial uh, his initial five-year deal after signing it, which um, it's a bit for an NFL player, and I'm sure he'd tell you he's, he's embarrassed. And So I think that having those guys coming back, you're going to have a roster built around them. Um, he's going to have a, a system and an infrastructure in place around him. So I think that Max Jones will have an opportunity if Belichick sees fit with a certain stretch in the schedule or if Cam simply gets hurt, um, and which is very much likely Cam has had his struggles trying to stay healthy. But I think all in all, um, I think going forward after that, they do play the Chargers right after that. Uh, and they played the, the Panthers and then the Browns and the Falcons. So, I mean, not all, they aren't playing a whole lot of great defenses and then even uh, the Titans right after the Falcons. So I think there's a stretch where you can, you can make the argument that 
Mac Jones isn't going to have this tough, tough stretch where we'll have to we'll have this brutal stretch of defenses that he has to play. So I think if there were ever a time to play him, you'd have to slip him in, like right, right when they play the Jets, because then they have. I mean, Cleveland's going to be a really solid defensive team. Then, then you're going to have the Chargers, who I think they have. Well, they have Derwin James coming back. You have Joey Bosa, and then. Um, you know, they also have Kenneth Murray, who's uh, coming on as, as a young linebacker. So now that would definitely be the time to kind of get him in there. Uh, now to Justin Fields, uh, which is going to be a big meat, meat and potatoes part of the episode. Because um, my, my bone to pick is particularly with national analysts. Now, I understand that I'm a Bears fan. Um, Justin Fields is as talented is the most talented quarterback we have ever drafted. It's not close. So uh, I understand the need to, or particularly the, the strong desire to say, let's get him out on the field. He's really talented. And I, I also understand the point. I, I understand both sides of play him right away. He's super talented. And let's show him away. We don't want to ruin him. Uh, early from taking too many hits because we saw how Mitch played. Well, number one, let's just get this, get this out of the way. Mitch was not as far as Justin Fields in his development at this point in his career coming in. Mitch was an incomplete prospect. He had he had arguably a second to third round grade on him. Uh, looking back on it uh, now, did I think he would probably have, would Mitch have gone in the first round regardless? One hundred percent. But I think that it, it was so clear that the Bears were overvaluing him in particular because I think Ryan Pace just kind of locked in on a guy. With that being said, um, I think the thing with Justin then becomes, uh, and I think Matt Nagy is is reiterated this multiple times particularly media interviews he kind of did like this he almost did like a this onslaught of media this past week and he said that they're going to do what's best for the organization as well as justin now i think that it's it's a situation where it's kind of talking both out out both sides of his mouth um because of course the ideal situation is you know you have this really good defensive roster you have a couple of guys uh, on the offensive side of the wall, you like like Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, um, even David Montgomery, and they're even talking about the second-year guy, uh, Darnell Mooney, who's, um, who's getting some attention because of the Jalen Ramsey situation. But regardless, um, I think the thing that's really encouraging about that is if all goes well, you don't play Justin for a little while. You know, Andy Dalton kind of holds the reins. He did take Cincinnati to a couple to five straight playoff appearances from 2011 to 2015. So he's shown the ability to be able to play okay quarterback. Now, the other thing, and I think that this is really important within this, it is the offensive line situation. Obviously, they drafted Tevin Jenkins, but they cut Charles Leno at left tackle. Tevin Jenkins uh, projects a little bit more at the right tackle. He's really physical. He's a really tough player, and I think that Bears fans are going to love him. The problem is I don't think he can play the left side. And... We saw behind a, a Dallas offensive line last year with Andy Dalton is that Andy Dalton was below average, and that was uh, particularly with what Dallas needed, and especially with the way that they played defensively. It could be a similar situation with the Bears in terms of offensive production if we don't get enough uh, out of out of the defense. Now, I think that 
if he's able to hold the fort down, you know, Allen Robinson's getting his yards, David Montgomery looks nice in the run game, we're able to put together a semblance of a capable offense. I, and I think you can kind of stow away Justin around that for about 10, 10-ish weeks uh, before he's having the play. Now, my theory on this is put him out week one. He's talented enough. I Because I think part of the problem is is the perception that we got on Justin Fields going into the draft. Because we I remember, uh, and this is somebody that I've, I've followed for go, dating back to his days um, in high school when he was a recruit. I remember he decommitted from Penn State. And at least from, if my memory serves correctly, I believe that it was, it, once he decommitted, it was Georgia, LSU, Penn State, and I believe Florida. Um, and everyone was talking about, well, he, he might be better than Trevor Lawrence. And I remember watching the, the Elite 11 camp where he just really just lit it up and was making all these making all these throws and probably could have played pro ball after last year. But uh, because of eligibility, he was only sophomore, he couldn't play i think that was he had a pretty similar uh career arc in that sense where i feel like most people believed he could have played in the nfl after his, his uh, second year and i think that because he's so talented in that sense you just throw him out there and let him just kind of throw him into the deep end and let him play and let his talent go to work because they can't block right they, they can't pass block right now um, and just let them win the job in camp. Uh, I, I think that people are forgetting that there are preseason games. Now I understand those aren't NFL games, but there are preseason games. You can't play. And just kind of go from there. I also think, in getting back to like post-Sugar Bowl game against Clemson, I think if not for the transcendence of Trevor Lawrence and I think what everyone expects him to be, in any other draft, and I mean any other draft, unless it's a John Elway, a Peyton Manning, or uh, Andrew Locke, Justin Fields is a slam dunk, surefire number one pick. And I think because of the volume of the quarterbacks this year with the Trey Lances, the Zach Wilsons, and even Mac Jones as he started to come on, we overlook Justin Fields. We, uh, even from a fan standpoint, and even, I believe in some of the general managers, overlooked him. This began to um, doubt. There was, you know, murmurs that, well, he doesn't see the field very well, or he doesn't. He locks onto a certain guy, and he doesn't. He doesn't go through his progressions. And then he fell. He fell to pick eleven. So, I, I think that if it if it were up to me, if I am Ryan Pace, if I am Matt Nagy, Justin Fields is starting Week One against the Rams in Los Angeles. He's that talented, and you just kind of got to take your lumps and kind of go from there. If Matt Nagy is as good of a coach as he is, he will find ways to protect his young quarterback as he plays some of the better defensive teams in the league. Because I know the Bears do have a brutal schedule. It was ranked third um, in terms of uh, opponent record. So he has to find a way to protect his young quarterback. Because I think the other argument, and this is truly my bone to pick, We'll get into this now. This is my bone to pick, particularly with ESPN analysts. So, like the guys like Dan Orlovsky, uh, the Keyshawn Johnsons of the world, uh, people saying that the Bears are not the infrastructure to move on the development of Justin Fields. Number one, 
I don't think the seat is as hot as everyone is making out making it out to be for Matt Nagy and for Ryan Pace. And the reason I say that is the Bears don't fire coaches. They don't. Historically, they do not fire coaches very easily. Now, George Hallis was like probably the lone exception because they're extremely fickle. But Lovey Smith got through three quarterbacks. He got Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, and then eventually they traded for Jay Cutler. Jerry Angelo had had Lovey Smith the entire time, was not fired with as many blunders as they had in that division. Was not fired. Mark Trussman is the lone anomaly in that situation. The Bears do not fire coaches. They're very Steelers, and they, they run their, they run as, as much of a fault as it can be for that organization. They run it like a mom-and-pop shop. They do not fire people. I truly believe that Matt Nagy will be able to see through that Justin Fields has developed. And I truly believe that Matt Nagy can be the guy that ends up developing Justin Fields. And the reason I believe that is because Matt Nagy is is contrary to a lot of belief. And I know a lot of people don't want to believe this. Is a really good play designer. And I know there was knocking on his play calling last, last year. But ultimately, I think that he there there would be times last year where there would be guys running wide open wide receivers where the plays there Mitch sees it and does not throw it now Mitchell Trubisky for all of his faults did an okay job playing quarterback but too often would miss open receivers and guys that Matt Nagy would scheme wide open Matt Nagy was twenty five and thirteen with Mitch Trubisky. Mr. Trubisky isn't a talent, is nowhere near as talented as Justin Fields is. He wasn't as talented as him coming out of high school. He wasn't as talented with him at his uh, in college. Mitchell Trubisky couldn't beat out a guy who didn't get drafted. He didn't start his entire college career until his final year. And could not beat out a guy who did not get drafted. Justin Fields is... 20-2 in his career, did not lose a single game in the Big Ten. His two losses were in the college football playoff, and he had a game where we saw him bite back with the shot to the ribs that he had in the game against Clemson, throw six touchdowns, and win that game. Against Alabama, played incredibly well, despite the fact that Alabama was clearly, they were just overmatched against Alabama. Played some of his best football in his final two games. Matt Nagy is the right coach to develop Justin Fields. And I believe that he will get that time because I believe that the Bears historically have shown that patience with NFL, with their coaches and with their general managers. So that's going to do it here for us today. Bit of a shorter episode. It's going to be more content uh, this coming Friday. And then obviously we'll get restarted back on Monday. Um, it's a little bit of a quicker episode. I just wanted to get some content out for you guys, give some of my thoughts on some of the rookie quarterbacks, but we will be back. There will be more information on Patreon, uh, how to access that, um, as well as uh, our film sessions and our Discord. Um, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. You'll hear from me on Friday. Take care.